Hey everyone, at all of our locations, we've got something very special today. Uh, according to the book of Proverbs, wise people seek advice. In fact, if you read throughout the whole Bible, there's all this evidence of godly people going to godly people seeking wisdom and advice. And so we've done that, we're gonna apply this. I, I sat down with a professional, Stacy Kieser, and I asked her tons of questions on, on your behalf, questions about our mind, questions about how to get this thing thinking right in a healthy way. So if you take notes, take notes, get ready, as you and I right now jump right into this, how to win the battle of our mind. I think it's basic, but it's, but it's imperative we talk about it. Uh, when people come to meet with you and sit down with you, what are we bringing in to that room with you, sitting on chairs, talking with you? What are we even bringing in in our minds, our problems, our whatever we would call them? What are our conversations with you like? So I would say that most people are coming to my door first out of the hope that they can resolve some um, lack of understanding, some frustration, some depression, anxiety, conflict, uh, stress, and just that overall sense of being overwhelmed and not knowing what to do with it and looking for someone who is really outside of their family, outside of their, their people, their peeps, and they just want to know that they can reach out and they can have someone to really hold their stories and work through their concerns. Okay, so you, you say things, and, and I know you and I have talked that there's, there's, most of us would say we've got anxiety and, um, or, or some, we might, it might not be professionally anxiety, but we'll just call it that stress, um, tension, whatever word we wanna to connect to it. Uh, but where are we picking this up? Like in the sense, like we're coming like, okay, here's what I've got. And I might tell you, all right, Stacey, um, I got this relationship. This is going on. I'm processing this. I'm confused. But you know, you know a little bit more and we're not able to. We've got a bit, I would call it maybe a blind spot. Issues, where are we picking up the stuff that we're actually bringing into you to process with? Some of it comes from maybe childhood experiences. Okay. Um, sometimes it comes from, uh, triggers of a trauma of an event that has happened. A lot of it really comes from our society, and I think that's why we see anxiety has grown. It's just huge now. Um, we've seen such a rise in anxiety because we think about all the stimulation that goes on in our world, and we can't shut it off. And so the anxiety just rolls and rolls and rolls and we have ruminating thoughts and we, we have worries and we're overwhelmed and we want to do the right thing here and the right thing there and the right thing here and it just becomes all-consuming. Hmm. So, okay, you used, you used the word we. we have, and, and so let me take this for just a second. Um, it sounds like, and forgive me, ma'am, if I'm overgeneralizing, that all of our, what we think might be incredibly unique to us, what we might say, you know what, I think I might be the only one wrestling with this. Maybe we feel like it's a weakness. It sounds like it's not as unique as what maybe the devil might even be telling us in our minds. Is that true? Or am I reading into when you say we, we, we? 
No, it's absolutely spot on. The, the things that we deal with are not unique to me or to you or to any of you. They are very much similar problems that we all experience in different ways, different um, levels of intensity. And what it all comes down to is we all experience them, but it's what we do with them. Okay. So, uh, so I've now got... Uh, 17,000 children in our, or four kids in our home <laughs> and uh, we so and when I it's fascinating to watch how they deal with uh, a, a rough day or or something that doesn't even go their way um, how are we dealing I mean are, is the most part everyone dealing with it healthy and it's just a simple conversation how are we dealing with this stress and anxiety and stuff that we're bringing in picking up from childhood, picking up from all these, how are we, how are we doing? We're doing not so good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We are doing not so good. One um, is that there is this stigma out there that says when you seek out counsel and you seek out support, that somehow that makes you weak Mm -hmm. and you should just be able to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. You, you can just do this on your own. And then we have these expectations in society that says you should be here doing this. And then we measure ourselves, especially with social media. We measure ourselves against that standard that who created. Um, but social media has really caused this expectation of norms to be out there that we're all trying to achieve, and yet it leaves us feeling empty, scared, depressed. Um, angry, and and not knowing what to do with it because we're setting ourselves up against this standard that just really is is a facade. Okay, so uh, let's see how how free you are with me on this. Um, I'm I'm a pastor, uh, lead a church, and uh, I I see a tendency of folks who who have what you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, stresses, anxieties, all that. And, and, and they're bringing it to church and church exclusively. Um, and, ha- and have a moment, I think, of, of temporary freedom to it. And that's how, how they're dealing with it, which I think is a good step. Um, is that a full, I guess, do, I'm going to give you full, the floor completely to talk about this. How is that working? Okay. So it's wonderful that they're coming to church um, because they're, they're seeking that fulfillment that can kind of help them in these problems. Okay. However, the I, but, I, I the but moment is that church can be a piece of that. Church is a huge piece of that, but it cannot be the Band-Aid mm. over the wound you have to open the wound and you have to work it from the inside out. And going to church is a great way to step into now, how do I open that up and really dig into the problem? And so we, we come to church seeking that um, I'm, I'm normal. We all experience this. I need the support of my community, the support of my church. And then we go back to day in, day out, life as usual, and we don't really fix the problem. So we have to fix the problem, but we cannot do that alone. Uh, I, uh, the conversations that I'm regularly having are we're attempting 
to resolve a problem that was caused amongst people, trying to resolve it completely by ourselves. Even in the midst of, of being amongst a church, and, but we still feel, I think, I think it's the tactic of the devil, like this get, get ourselves isolated and we don't deal with it with others, um, which is fascinating because the model that we have even as a Christian is that it has to be, we have to involve other people. Um, so, so dealing with all this stuff, it's where we don't, we don't just rely on ourselves. We don't just rely on a, a, a sermon, even though, I mean, the sermons are, are amazing. Uh, <laughs> of course they are. Uh, of course. But anyways, uh, there's got to be more than that. So, so let's go after, I, here, when it looks at approaches, when you're looking at dealing with this, how, like how we're dealing with it, how should we approach? Because, I mean, we're, we're critiquing different ways to approach it. Mm-hmm. How should we, from your professional standpoint, begin to deal with and process this? Vulnerability, number one. Oh, yeah, straight up. Um, what, do you mean, what do you mean by vulnerability? Like, if, if you're saying, David, David, you need vulnerability, what do you, what, open that up more. It's, it's that burying your soul in a safe place that says, I've made a mistake, I've sinned, I'm wrong, and I don't want to keep making the same decision that is making destructive outcomes in my life. Mm-hmm. And to get to that place, you have to be vulnerable. And to be vulnerable, you have to be safe. Okay. So safe means a lot of different things to different people. But safe is that place where you can be vulnerable and you can bear all without the judgment of, oh, wow, you did what? So when I, when I, see, when I see Jesus uh, deal with tension, because the Bible, I mean, it's, it doesn't hide it, which is fascinating, uh, from the pressure, just call it the pressure of the crowds, he would find himself, uh, the Bible describes him sometimes tired or just flat out wanted to withdraw, whether it was physical fatigue or emotional, spiritual. And he would, he would go off by himself or he would draw amongst his, his core disciples and, and they would pray together. But he even left us, I, I'd call it a model of, of vulnerability, Absolutely. But, but also like going after it in, in ways that I think we're not going after it. Um, so vulnerability is a necessity to deal with, to, to go after what we're wrestling with in our minds. What else? Are there other things that you've seen? Besides being vulnerable, there has to be a developed ability to cope. And you can't just know how to cope. We're not born with that ability. At mm. least I wasn't. Maybe you were, Pastor See David. That? No, that's fascinating because... I, I think that we look at people and be like, oh, that person, they, they just know how to cope and, and I don't know how to cope, so they must have got it somewhere. So I were born with it. So we're not, okay. So we, More, we do learn these things as we are growing up. Um, we just spoke a little bit ago. You were talking about uh, self-soothing, yeah, how a yeah. child learns to self-soothe. Well, then as we grow um, and our parents let us struggle through things, um, God lets us struggle through things. And we learn that sometimes being uncomfortable is the way that we learn to cope with it. And we can't cope with it if we run from it. 
Okay, so let me play devil's advocate. Okay. Uh, not that I should as a pastor, but just disregard <laughs> that. Okay, so I, I, I learned a coping. I watched my, my, my dad or, or my uncle and, and their way of coping. If you're telling me I should cope and learn to cope, I, I learned coping from a family member and I've accepted that one way of coping. My concern is, um, is one enough? What if it's not a good one way to cope? Well, that's a, that's a great point because a lot of us have role models that, you know, they're doing the best they can, but they might not be a healthy role model hmm. who has taught us how to cope well. So we cannot just lean on that one person. We have to learn these coping skills from healthy people. We have to learn these coping skills from our parents, our grandparents, our community, our church, our pastors, our friends, our colleagues, our coworkers, all of it. And we're going to see these healthy coping skills and then seek them out. Maybe that's through a counselor. Maybe that is through small groups. Maybe that is through seeking out your pastor. But we don't just know these things. They have to be learned. And sometimes the healthiest ones take a little while to learn or to find. I remember uh, you and I were talking, and, and I've, I don't know, I, I grew up with this thought that, that you, a person should, should learn how to deal with their life, whatever, however it unfolds, circumstances. And, and yes, you should have a healthy coping mechanism, singular. You've talked to me before about this idea of a toolbox of them. And unfortunately, that blew my mind because I was like, wait, multiple, multiple ways? Why would I need multiple ways if I can just find one that works? Does a hammer work for every project that you have? Please say no. I don't like your question. <laughs> uh, no, ma'am, it does not. Mm -hmm. uh, it does not at all, yeah. And that enhances the point that your toolbox, let's say your toolbox has one way of coping. Okay. And it's avoidance. Okay, I run from it. Every okay. time this thing happens or I get frustrated and you run, that coping mechanism is not going to serve you well over life. <laughs> Any more than just one person could serve you well your entire life. You have to have that ability to reach out to more than one person that can provide you and model those okay. coping skills for you. See, that's so good for me. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being at my therapy session. Um, I appreciate this. You'll get the bill in about I, okay, a week. Okay, okay, I appreciate that. I just, uh, the idea of taking whatever is going on up here and assuming that there, I have one way to do this. Like, I can, I, and Katie and I is married. When we first got married, my coping mechanism was to just zip my lip. That was it. Was bury it. Yeah, to bury it, it and mm -hmm. say, you know what, if, if this storm that's going on, this disagreement, this unexpectation, well, then if I just give it some time, it's, gonna, it's just going to chill out. So my coping mechanism was to leave room. I knew that there were, I've known all these unhealthy coping mechanisms. But the idea of a toolbox going, wait a minute, maybe that's not the best. In some situations, I think the, it is good to not say anything for a little bit. But in a marriage, I learned over and over and over and over again, it was causing damage. Literally that one tool was being misused. So uh, 
Wish, wish we had known you a, while, a long, time, long time ago. You said something I want to bring up again, if you don't mind. Uh, you, you said a word healthy, and um, I think in my mind, when you say healthy person, you need healthy people you talked about. Uh, I think in my mind, I have what the definition of a healthy person. My, my guess is we all have our own definition of a healthy person, what that looks like. Uh, based on what we grew up around or what we experience, all that kind of stuff. So you say, we need multiple healthy people in our lives in order to keep this from going way off the tracks. So my next question is, what would you say is a healthy person? If I'm going to involve other people in my life, um, rather, than, rather than default to my roommate, my relative, my whoever, my coworker, help, help us understand what, what we need to look for. So a healthy person um, is someone who has the ability to feel, to recognize and identify a feeling, okay. negative and positive feelings, and then figure out what to do with them when they're there. A healthy person, bar none, is a good listener. And good listeners seek to understand us. A healthy person has the ability to adapt to change, take responsibility for themselves, and support you, but also be willing to tell you when it's probably not a good thing. Okay. So we either heard that one of two ways, I think. Or we're thinking of the people in our lives that are that. Or we might be assuming that we are that. Um, so how do we begin? I, just the coping mechanisms, the, the people, the healthy things. Will you give us, let's use the toolbox as an example. Will you give us practical, walk this out in, in what I would call layman's terms on, on how to begin to play this out. Coping with what's, what we would normally bring in and sit down with you about, um, walk that out in an actual tangible way. What's a way to, in a healthy way, do that? Like, I, I want to know how to take this, and I'm going to now go find people to talk to about it, but I think it's bigger than, pe than just people, um, how to walk that out in, in the healthiest of ways. Like, give me, give us permission, and since is what I'm asking for, uh, to know what are the healthy routes to take? Well, our lives have a lot of different areas of functioning. So we have our physical health. Um, you know, we make an effort to stay physically healthy, to exercise, eat right, get sleep. Basic needs, right? When our basic needs are met, then we can start work with the higher functioning areas of our life. But that functioning has to be taken care of first. So when you think about, your t are you ever grouchy when you're tired? Nope. No. Okay, good. Yes, I am actually. Okay. So Tired, hungry. You just, have yeah. to take care of those basic things first. Right. Okay. So let's, let's just say that all of those things are taken care of. You are exercising, you're eating right, and you're sleeping. Now, are you getting involved with your faith? Are you really spending time engaging in your, in your faith? And, and how are you doing that? Or, you know, however you do that, make sure that you do that well. That's another area of functioning. Okay. 
Another area of functioning is social. And this is where a lot of people get in trouble. You know, our friends, who we choose to spend our time with, we yeah. become very much like our social network. So you have to then apply the healthy person question. Okay. Are they responsible? Are they a good listener? Do they help me make good decisions? Do they really model who, who I want to be? So social. Family. We don't get to choose those. No, we don't. So. Okay. There are times in family situations where you really have to gauge, are these good people to really open up and be vulnerable with? Or should I save that vulnerability for my therapist, my pastor, my healthy friends? It doesn't mean you disengage and, and step away from your family. It means you learn how to spend time with them with, without oversharing and being too overly involved with them, unless they're healthy, and then that's different. Then you have your interpersonal relationship, the intimate relationship. Is that partner a good life choice for you? And that's where that, that healthy checklist comes in, for okay. sure. Work. And do we really look at work as a healthy, functioning area of our life? Okay. Now... If, if those things are, are pretty good, now we have to think about how am I doing to improve my mind and to keep this healthy, because I only get one. And then we talk, oh, and you did such a great job the last two weeks without talking about self-talk. I mean, it's huge. So we get into a lot of trouble, as you mentioned. Yep. Um, we can be our worst critic. And so what we say to ourselves is huge. And so that area of functioning, we have to pay a lot of attention so to. So let's say, let's, let's keep going down that. Let's say that, that we're all going to agree that, that that is perhaps our weakest area, that we all can name people in our lives that aren't healthy and, and situations work and all that. But I think most of us would say immediately on the checklist, uh, what's going on up here, person, what we're saying, how can I begin to go after that in a healthy way? How can I begin to say, okay, I am talking to myself, thinking things about myself that I'm not sure are feeding the day and joy and peace in my life. How do I begin to go towards healthy, even, even with people, but individually, what do I do? So if, if you're concerned that the self-talk is, is negative and self-criticizing and tearing you down, um, that is when you start to seek out wise counsel. Okay. That is when you say, I can't do this by myself, and you, and you pick up the phone, and you get vulnerable, and you find someone who can help you find the someone okay. to get to the right people that can help you reframe that self-talk that is destroying your thoughts, that is destroying your life, that is making you feel that you're not worthy. Mm. And it takes strength to be, to be seeking that help and know that you need to be vulnerable enough to go seek that wise counsel. Uh, I, I, just in the past, well, I guess it's been a little bit over a year that I started going after how to process, because um, in my life, I was raised in a very healthy family. Uh, but I'm also a, th I'm a thinker. My whole family 
we're thinkers. Uh, it's fun for us to literally, and this is gonna sound weird, it's fun for us to sit at the dinner table when my, with my parents and sister-in-law, and, and we would debate. And, it was, and then I got married and learned, Katie was like, hey, that's not, that's not a, a normal, that's not what everyone does at the kitchen table. And because we are such thinkers, we want to process out loud, and it can seem intense. And so one of the ways that I've had to even go after getting this to where it's not consuming was I got a, a journal, which I, I, I do not enjoy journaling whatsoever. There's like, I'm sitting there going, do I write about, well, today I had a coffee. Um, but I started writing down a sentence or two that I wanted to say to God in the morning. Um, Great coping yeah, tool, by the way. <laughs> see, that's what, so literally just begin writing things that were not extravagant, were not, I would call them not incredibly art- articulate, um, not even certain where I was going with it, if, if that makes sense. Like, like I'm just kind of... But what did that do for you it, when you journaled? It was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and over time, it was huge. It wasn't, it wasn't like in the, in the immediate day of like, oh, it's good. I, 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 my thoughts are right on track for, for the next month. But after a time, I began to say like, wow, I am able to like almost organize the, what seems chaotic at times. It's been huge as a, uh, what now I know is a coping mechanism, um, which I at times also thought a coping mechanism was a weakness because I know of negative coping mechanisms. And so I had lumped them all into one bucket, right? And said, well, all coping mechanisms, just I'm a, I shouldn't cope, I should just move on, mm-hmm. uh, which is a coping mechanism, but. Um, a, a bad one, by the way. I know, no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, so, so let me give you freedom here. Uh, you, you have an audience of people who, I don't know if it's a mix, who have, who have been and visited with, someone and process something in a professional way. You have spent, I don't know how many years, talking with people over and over, and now you have an audience to talk to us about perhaps things that you wish that we would just know or remember, or you can go correct, whatever. But I, I, I wanted to give you the floor if, if you have anything like, you know what, I just wanna share this. This is important for me to pass on. Floor is yours. So I would really honestly say that the most important thing to really leave with is the idea that the thoughts that you choose to grow start to shape who you are as a human being and they shape all of your relationships. So if you choose to think negatively about you or your spouse or your congregation or your job, or your body type, or your family history, or a childhood experience, as it grows, it becomes so consuming, you can't see through it. So, if you start to pull that apart and break it down, and you say, I am loved, I am his, I'm worthy, those things, start to change how big that thought is, and now, now you grow that big thought. Okay. Now that thought says, I'm worth it. I have to do this because this is good 
for my mind. This is good for me. I come to church and I think about, I love what this does for me. And you think that and you say that and so it becomes that important. So how you think and how you choose to grow those thoughts becomes who you are. Thanks for, uh, thanks for connecting things. I, I think a lot of times in the church we separate what I would even call science. We separate the, 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 the body from, from God, and we don't let them actually like, know that God made our brains. God made us, and a lot of times we separate even what you do as something that's not even spiritual when according to scripture you're doing right in line with what we're supposed to do so uh thank you for connecting what scripture teaches us to do to seek advice to seek wisdom um we're very grateful for it um thanks for helping us have some uh healthier coping mechanisms and uh appreciate it Uh, let me let me let me close our time in prayer okay heavenly father uh we are extremely grateful Uh, for the wisdom that you give others that I know comes from you and you pass it on to us and Lord I believe all of us want to have peace in our minds we want to uh, have relationships that thrive and especially the one with you Lord would you help us those of us right now who are wrestling with we've got unhealthy people um, unhealthy behaviors in our lives and and God we have not been going after uh, seeking healthy relationships and, and healthy ways of coping. God, would you, would you help us in that? Would you literally give us even people in our lives? Help us to see um, and be aware of the folks that we need to involve more uh, and even the folks that we need to listen to less about some of the stuff we've been seeking wisdom from. God, I pray for us as a church that you'll help us, help us to live a life in peace that's so focused and entirely all about you. We pray this in your name. Amen.